The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue the conversation on the talking point this morning and our thinking point, of course, is going to be on uh, the pace of South Africa's vaccination drive. Uh, Of course, you can get in touch with us on this conversation and many others that you may want to touch on. Of course, there have been plenty of developments over the weekend. The number to use uh, 011-714-2006. That's the phone line on WhatsApp 0614-104-107. can send your messages and your voice notes there and on social media at SFM Radio, the hashtag there, SFM uh, Talking Point. So uh, we've now heard KwaZulu-Natal being the latest province to warn that it it's going to be entering its third wave of um, coronavirus infections. That was over the weekend. We already have four Uh, provinces that have uh, declared their third wave and uh, their concerns about the fact that the country as a whole will now be moving into or reaching its peak of third wave infections. Shabir Madi, Professor of Vaccinology at the University of the Witwatersrand is on the line. Uh, Professor Madi, good morning to you. Hello, Professor Madi. Uh, yes, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Hi, good morning to you. Yes. Let, let's talk about the pace of vaccination that we have seen so far. You know, is government doing the best that they can? Well, we certainly should be doing much better than we're doing. Uh, currently, we've got less than 1% of the population that has been vaccinated. Whereas other countries have vaccinated more than 50% of the population. And all of this comes down to, unfortunately, poor planning. Uh, and that is the consequence that we're bearing right now. So are we doing well? No, we're not doing well, uh, but at least we have started to the program. But a lot needs to be done over a short period of time for vaccination to have a meaningful impact when it comes to the number of lives that can be saved. Mm. We seem to be hamstrung by the fact that the Johnson & Johnson vaccines have not yet been given the rollout for a redistribution yet again. How different do you think that is going to make our vaccination program? Well, it certainly would make a difference. And having any other vaccine would make a huge difference. And in fact, had we started to use the AstraZeneca vaccine when we had the vaccines at, on our doorstep, that itself would have had a major impact because now what we see is emerging evidence which shows that AstraZeneca vaccine, as an example, followed for the Pfizer vaccine, in fact, performs probably better than two doses of the Pfizer vaccine. Mm. So we are where we are because government was completely delayed as to when it started to engage with companies to try to procure vaccines directly rather than through the COVAX facility. And these negotiations only really started in earnest in January. And by then, we should have known that we were at the back of the queue. So it doesn't come as a surprise that we hamstrung when it comes to being able to access large uh, volumes of vaccine mm-hmm. right now. But what is a disaster is that we, lo- we basically threw away the opportunity of starting our vaccination program with the AstraZeneca vaccine, which, like I said, where there's emerging evidence day on day now to indicate that the vaccine would have protected against severe disease due to the mm-hmm. B1351 variant. And in fact, combined with the Pfizer vaccine, it probably does better, uh, if not the same, as two doses of the Pfizer vaccine. 
Sure, and I take the point that you're making, Professor Madi, but when I try to think back, much of the decisions that government was making at the time seemed to have been informed but what by what we were told they knew then. And even the advice from the Ministerial Advisory Committee seemed to suggest that, you know, the AstraZeneca vaccine may not have been um, the best for, for South Africa's strain of, 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 of COVID. Sure, it's a matter of tossing up what is best for South Africa against the variant that's circulating mm. and waiting for that ideal vaccine to become available in some distant future or taking your chances with a vaccine which you have got available at a point in time. The study that was done in South Africa showed the vaccine didn't work against mild and moderate COVID-19. It didn't show and it didn't examine whether the study worked and protected against severe disease. And there's other aspects of the, that you can actually use to determine whether or not a vaccine would actually protect against severe disease, even if it doesn't protect against mild infection. Mm. And that sort of evidence was pretty much dismissed. So what the Missile Advisory Committee decided to do is to rather wait to see which vaccine works best, rather than taking a chance with the vaccine that was available. And that comes at the price. And the price that it comes at is that hundreds of lives will be lost during this wave of the outbreak, which could have otherwise been saved had the AstraZeneca vaccine started to be rolled out. Let's talk about what we are seeing right now, which is the uneven distribution of the current Pfizer vaccine uh, due to uh, perhaps we've been told due to its you know, storage requirements, etc., do you think that there are ways that government can be working to circumvent these, this problem of equal distribution? So it depends on the efficiency of the distribution system. So the Pfizer vaccine now, unfortunately, can be stored at sort of uh, the, the average uh, temperatures that's available in many facilities, even outside of the urban areas. But it really requires an efficiency of delivery. Uh, from the time where it's stored in, a, in what is referred to as a minus 70 degrees Celsius facility and then stored at a minus 20 degrees Celsius. And then for a brief period of time, it probably can be stored at room temperature. So I, I think things have changed quite a bit with the Pfizer vaccine with regard to uh, the cold storage requirements, which would make it feasible to actually deploy this vaccine into more remote areas, provided that we've got an efficient mm. system of distribution. What are your expectations in terms of what a third wave and a third peak of this virus will look like in this country? Well, it probably is going to differ by province, by provinces. Mm -hmm. uh, the provinces that were severely affected the first uh, two times around, uh, that is, as an example, Eastern Cape, Western Cape and KwaZulu-Natal, they probably will have a much less severe wave this time around. Uh, but in other provinces, as we're currently seeing in the northwest, in the northern Cape, in the Free State, and probably also now in Gauteng, uh, the third wave is, uh, is already uh, on a path of being as bad as the second wave and the first two waves, if not worse, for some of the provinces. Mm -hmm. And part of that relates to, like I said, which provinces were more affected the first two times round. And in those provinces, a reasonable percentage of the population have developed some level of immunity, at least uh, in terms of being protected against severe disease. Do you get a sense that, you know, provinces are actually ready to, to deal with what it means to be in the third wave or in the grip of a third wave? Well, it again differs by provinces. I think some provinces would be better equipped than other provinces. And then other provinces such as Gauteng in Johannesburg, as an example right now, 
we already got overwhelming of uh, Helen Joseph Hospital, of Paraguanas Hospital. Uh, and that is unfortunate because of the fire that occurred at Charlotte McCracken. So there's a number of factors at play. Uh, and it's really difficult to predict just how well the provinces will perform with mm-hmm. the third wave. But hopefully they've uh, had some reasonable preparations uh, from the first two waves. Professor Shabir Madi, let's leave it there for this morning. He is with Wits University and he's a professor of vaccinology at that institution. So as we get ready, as we kickstart the week, we're expecting, you know, that the rollout will be as extended to some essential workers. First on that line are going to be teachers. We know that uh, just later on this, uh, this year, I think about July, we're expecting that for primary school learners, they will be going back to school on a full-time basis and so uh, that's where we are in terms of COVID-19. We are expecting that there will be some kind of ad- ad- uh, announcement from the U.S. Fr- uh, Food and Drug Administration uh, sometime this week in terms of whether or not the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is given the go-ahead and that could well be a, a game-changer in terms of how the rollout of the vaccine is taking place so far. Alright, it's 9.30 and Musas standing by with your latest news headlines. I go straight into your calls, your WhatsApp voice notes and messages after this.